student emailed me recently that just got done with their residency and the student told me like picking something I loved helped propel me through residency. And the student said, it doesn't matter what residency you're in, family medicine, IM, EM, surgery, all residencies are tough. But because I chose something I love, I was able to put on my scrubs, put on my gloves, and do it every day. Mike Aldred is one of our house advisors and a longtime member of the student affairs team. One thing is for certain, Mike absolutely loves working with medical students. In this episode, he talks about the process of finding yourself, both in the context of his own journey into education and his work helping students find their own career path. For Mike, it always comes down to knowing and applying your strengths. I also include a recording of Mike at a recent Real MD Storytelling event where he talks about finding his way. Folks, this is the Real MD Podcast, and we have Mike Aldred here, uh, who we've worked together for like eight years or something. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. But Mike comes from radio, and we're going to talk about that, we're going to talk about a lot of things about Mike. So, Mike, you should do like a radio welcome to everyone, you know? <laughs> welcome to the Real MD Podcast. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, it is really good to have you here. And I think um, you and I have always shared one thing very much in common, our love of students. We love working with students. We love seeing them when their highs are high, when their lows are low, when something's not working right. and. Right. Swooping in, um, you're often referred to by, I think, a lot of students as like the superhero who comes in yes. and knows, you know, how to help a student when, when things aren't going right or you have a scheduling issue. And I guess I want to start off and ask you, like, where does that come from? Um, I think it uh, I think it comes from my strengths, to be honest with you. Um, and strengths is something that you introduced to me when I started this job. I mean, I've already I've always taken personality tests and other jobs that I had. Um, but strengths was something so much more to me. And, I'm, and I started understanding myself better. And I started understanding why some of the other careers that I started setting paths down didn't end up working out. And I believe that um, part of my strengths is, is that when somebody does have an emergency, all of a sudden I just put on this like superhero, like I can save the day mode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one of my strengths is adaptability. And I think that's, that's one of those. If, if there's an emergency going on, I'm someone that can take that emergency and kind of like organize it into my mind and, and slow it down a little bit mm. and, and make it maybe so it's not such an emergency. Yeah. And I, that's one of the things that I really love. Um, and I've taken to heart about this position is when I first got it, Dr. Stevenson told me, he's like, we hired you because you're the exact opposite of what a med student is. <laughs> At first, I didn't understand that, but I've always tried to bring a different perspective or a different way of looking at things when students do come to me with a problem. Yeah. And that has helped me take ownership, not only of my position, but in help developing students and developer yeah. is another one of my strengths. Yeah. And so they really kind of work together um, in this environment. Yeah. I think that's I think that's really great. Um, 
because a lot of times when the work you're doing outwardly, like you're an advisor to students, right? You're a house advisor. You help them with scheduling. You help them basically with anything that they need um, and, and how important that is. But I think part of that process is like knowing yourself so you can do that yes. work, you know? So for someone who is new to strengths at all or doesn't quite remember what they were because they took the assessment a long time ago, mm-hmm. you know? What what is strengths like? What what is it? You named like developer, adaptability. Can you give us like a brief, you know, idea of what what is strengths? Um, strengths is what well, was developed by um, Gallup or Clifton. Mm-hmm. So Clifton Strengths, uh, and it's, it really is. It's um, it's essentially it's a personality test, but one I think that speaks to you individually. And the talents that you have, and instead of looking at things that, okay, this is what's wrong with me, and I need to improve these things, it's like, these are the strengths, is, these are the things that I do well, how can I use that to broaden my horizons, to make more of myself? How can I use my strengths to build myself up to something more? Mm-hmm. And I love when students come to me. And they say, okay, these are my strengths. And they share those with me because those could be really um, individualized. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes I think that they're even so individualized that it's um, um, like almost, I don't want to say intimate. What's another word for that? Maybe it just gives you like a, a real insight. An, an insight view, of, of, insight view yeah. of, of, you know, what the student uh, is thinking. Um, yeah. And so uh, when they share that with me, I take it to heart. And then I use my strengths, developer, adaptability, to to try to um, help them understand what their strengths mean to them and how that can help them get through med, not only get through med school, but find a path through med school. Right. And I I even remember when we brought strengths forward, uh, you know, it sort of responds to this question. It's like, why why do medical students – need this stuff. And, and the reality is, I think we're all really good at looking at what's, what's wrong. Yeah. Looking at where, you know, things aren't great, maybe where the weaknesses are, where, where something isn't, um, maybe where I have a deficit and it strengths helps you remember like you're, you're not just your yeah. deficits. You're not just your deficits. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but you've taken it a step further and you, uh, often are thinking, about their strengths as they're going through medical school, but also like as they're exploring specialty too. So how yes. does it, how does that work? What, how do you use strengths in that way? Well, in the time that I've been here, I've noticed that specialties have personalities and students have personalities and in personalities, you're going to find certain strengths. So I've noticed semi patterns sure. in specialties that can match up with certain strengths that someone has. And one of my favorite ones to kind of go to is restorative. Restorative, uh, somebody that has a restorative talent or strength um, usually likes to work with their hands. Or if not with their hands, they like to solve problems with their mind, like solve puzzles. So it's about fixing something, making something whole again. And that really fits with surgery sometimes, especially if it's I like to work with my hands. Yeah. So surge, surge subspecialties, if somebody has restorative, um, that could be a path to send them down. Just, hey, take a look at this. Does it mean that you have to be that thing? 
Because there's a lot of other factors that go into picking specialties. But if we're talking about a student that needs guidance, like I need a path to go down, I'll say, check this out. It might be something that you might like. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, it it is sometimes it gives you a label so that you can um, you can sort of name maybe this is something that I'm going to give myself permission to feel like I'm good at. Yeah. And and because strengths like things that you're naturally good at are happening automatically, I don't always see them. You know, like if yeah. I'm so used to, uh, you know noticing what my street looks like when I step out to leave to work in the morning, am I really seeing it? It's because it's always there. Right. You know, strengths are always there. And I, and so one of the other reasons why I think it's so great for medical students um, and all of us really to like remember and reflect and know what our strengths are is it gives you kind of permission to say, you know what, I'm going to let myself notice this more and also start to use it more. Yes. Instead of it just being like hidden away somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I found that when working with students and, Talking about strengths, sometimes I'll bring up a specialty and then they'll just get this smile on their face. Yeah. And they're like, you mean that I can do that? And I'm like, of course you can do it. Sure. Yes. And so I'm glad that you brought up that about permission because I think it does give people permission to explore an area that maybe they didn't think they were capable of or, um, but yeah, like some of these things are open to you even if you doubt them. Yeah. Um, how have you seen strengths help students who are feeling challenged too? Because I think sometimes things aren't going the way you want them to go, and and uh, you know you feel maybe beaten up by the by all the things you have to do. Yes. And does thinking about your strengths help at that time too? Yeah, I think it does. Um, there are times where you have to have difficult conversations with students um, in our job and. I love to bring up strengths in those moments because I think it's about, okay, this is what has happened. Now moving forward, what are you prepared to do? And then let's talk about your strengths. Somebody that has achiever, somebody that has learner, somebody that has uh, competitiveness. They're not going to let themselves fail. Yeah. And so you use those strengths and say, like, this is what you have. Right. Now, use that to your advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times where I talk to people with WU, and for those that don't know, WU is an acronym for winning others over. And I tell them all the time, I'm like, WU is unique because you can go out and pretty much get whatever you want as long as you can get in front of somebody and build a relationship quickly because that's kind of what WU is all about. Then you can get that rotation. You can, you know, you can get uh, a mentor. You can, and students will be like, oh, I never thought of it that yeah. way. Right. And, and I love that part of my job. Yeah. Is to help somebody yeah. realize that like, oh, yes, that's right. I can do that. Yeah. And I think really, like, I know you're an advisor, you're a house advisor, um, but I also view you as a person who's like really willing to step in and coach and, and guide and and those words are, um, you know, those are a little bit deeper. Like you're not just trying to to um, help them necessarily get from point A to point B, but you want to you want to set them on a good path, yeah. uh, and and help them as they're exploring what they want to do. And you know, you're not telling them what to do. You're helping right. them figure out what. Yes, you know, helping them figure out. Helping yes. them figure out. Uh, but you know, 
to compliment you, I also think you're a good coach within the team too. And I think that's really cool to see your strengths also be used in that way too. So coaching students, coaching others. Um, anyway, it's just a great thing all around. Uh, one question that I have is around how you became uh, like uh, who you are now, like your career. I'm always interested, like, in how did we get here, you know? Yes, yes. And uh, I wonder if you want to talk about that a little bit. Like, how did you become the advisor, coach, guide, strengths person that you are now? <laughs> and what, maybe can you think of a couple, you know, a couple of your pieces along the way that you had to figure out and journey through to get where you are? Education's always been, I shouldn't say it's always been, but education has become something that, is important to me. Um, I wasn't really encouraged to go to college. Uh, kind of grew up in a background where I was expected maybe I would go into farming or I would take over my grandfather's landscaping business. Um, and so I didn't really think about education, higher education, until three years after um, I was done with high school. And I thought, you know, there are things about me that could adapt to things like farming and landscaping, but it wasn't, it wasn't me. It wasn't who I was. And I wanted to try to go out and find something. And I didn't need money. I didn't need, I just wanted a career that I could be happy with. And so that's how I got um, into education. And I, skipping some points along the way, um, I, during a bad economy, um, I kind of fell into education. I, I didn't have a job for a while. And people kept telling me, like, you're always telling people to go to school, go to school. You should work in education. And so um, I started off at a um, for-profit nursing school. And I fell in love with it immediately because I just find so much value in not only education, but being educated in something that you're passionate about. Yeah. So what made you, so was it sort of by happenstance that you started moving into the path of education or was it? It was. was. Okay. It was, it was just a happenstance. It was like, what could I do? Cause I thought about going back to my roots, maybe do some broadcasting. Mm -hmm. um, but the first time around I noticed broadcasting doesn't pay the bills right away. Yeah. So yeah, I, but that by that time I already had a family, I right. had mortgage to worry about. Sure. So I need to find something that um, I could be passionate about, but also that pays the bills. Yeah. And I kind of just did listen to some of the people that were always telling me like, oh, and I, I, my siblings for one, my brother told me I would have never got my master's, never went to school if you didn't go. Mm. And so that was kind of, and he's one of the ones that told me like, you should just try to get into education, be like an admissions advisor, be you know, something in education. And so, you know, I looked around, I didn't have a lot of background in it, which mm -hmm. I think is happenstance how I fell into a for-profit yeah. first. Um, but it kind of snowballed from there and it became something that I was passionate about and knew that I wanted to do for the rest of my career. Yeah. I think it's interesting that you're, you were already starting to advise people and motivate people without even maybe <laughs> without noticing even realizing it, it, you know? Yeah. It's funny. I mean, some people even say that things we just really loved doing as kids, like things we played 
a lot. You know, we did a lot of this. We did a lot of that, you know, yeah. end up kind of feeding into who we are. Because I know for you, you um, and we've known each other for a while. You were into athletics. You did some broadcasting. Mm-hmm. Um, so your exposure to coaching and, and playing team sports and then also uh, performing, being in in broadcasting. The thing that's interesting about higher ed is uh, it does sort of bring all those things to the table. It does. Right? You yes. still perform. Yep. You you coach. You advise. <laughs> you know, all those things kind of are still out there. Yes. So, yes. do you feel like you left anything behind, or do you feel like you're still using stuff that you've always used? I mean, um, I feel like even in my job. Now, like when we talk about the emergency things, one of the things that I looked into being while I was in college was a PR, mm-hmm. uh, public relations person. Yeah. And um, I still use a lot of that that I learned today um, because it is about like, okay, so how can I frame this to make it look better Yeah. Um, for the user? Right. Uh, and so, yeah, like there's a lot of stuff that I that – I, Occasionally, I miss radio. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a certain um, charge that I would get when I would turn on the mic and throw my radio voice out there, and <laughs> <laughs> for sure, yeah. And I think sometimes those things change a little bit. But um, having known you for a while, you still perform. You get up, and yeah, present, you present, and you're still activating those those talents and those abilities, which I think is is really special. I think we all benefit from that. Um, let's talk about the radio piece a little bit because, uh, and let's talk about your story. So a while back, um, you were part of our last storytelling event. Um, we, uh, hold these events with our medical students, staff and faculty, and you were one of the first staff to come tell a story, which I thought was really great. We always get kind of faculty students, but it was really cool to have you there. Um, can you talk about what you're like, you, you kind of figured out a story. You don't need to retell your story because we're going to play the recording for everybody. But, but you know, what made you want to tell this story? I mean, when I look back at my college career, um, because I didn't have a lot of support, um, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. And I really wanted to find something that fit who I was. Um, and so when we started talking about stories and like themes, um, I felt like finding who I was, was a theme that I wanted to share. Um, and something that could be entertaining because I do like to entertain. Um, I mean, I wouldn't have become a disc jockey if I, you know, couldn't do that. Um, so I do like to entertain and I, and I thought like back to like, I have a lot of fun stories uh, about growing up, but particularly about education and finding myself. Um, that was just one of the stories that came to my mind because it's always going to be there. It's something that I've told my kids a thousand times. Right. Uh, my son's like, I've already heard this story like a thousand <laughs> times, Dad. You're like, settle in. We're going to talk about it again. <laughs> yeah. Our very last storyteller of the night is... Mike, Mike Aldridge, come on up. Oh, look at So I was about oh, a year and a half into my first year of college. 
and I still hadn't found my major. I think I started off in electronic engineering. Um, one of my friends from high school said it was the future. And when I was asked to read a series of zeros and ones, um, interpret it up on the whiteboard, and I said, one million, uh, 100,000, and one? <laughs> I got laughed right out of the classroom. And as I left the classroom, I thought two things. One, I hate math. Oh my gosh, I hate math. Um, and then also, my friend's a lot smarter than I thought he was. <laughs> so I tried business next. Guess what? There's math in business. <laughs> and then I tried marketing, HR, even music had math, <laughs> required math. There had to be something that I, I was lost. I, I was a year and a half into my first year, still a freshman. I was running out of generals. I, I didn't know what to do. Um, in a plea to the universe, I recalled my fifth grade graduation. And my fifth grade teacher, Ms. Larson said, Mike's gonna be an excellent PR person someday. That's it. Public relations it was there the whole time. Well, public relations had a prerequisite of intro to communications. So if I was going to go into PR, I had to take this intro course. And I barely got in. Um, it was filling up fast. And I remember walking out to this building and I kept walking out to this building, and I kept walking. This building was so far off campus, it was in another time zone. <laughs> At least a different zip code. And it was one of these old buildings that's like, um, kind of reminded me of a, a high school gymnasium, but not the, the, the new high school gymnasium, the old one that they built the new one around. <laughs> um, and so like, the, the walls were these, sea green cinder blocks that went all the way up to the ceiling and you can see the aluminum air ducts and the is that asbestos <laughs> and i thought eh, man i'm a college reject being poisoned by asbestos this is great <laughs> and my professor for that class was really serious like this guy was monotone and just like communications and you know, for the first couple of classes, I thought, man, this stuff is like good for like Jeopardy, if I was ever on Jeopardy, and there was a category, and I could say, I'll take early communication jerks for 100, Alex. I'm pretty sure the answer is, who is Alexander Graham Bell, just in case you're wondering. Um, I didn't know, I really thought that I was still gonna be lost didn't know if I had found my niche yet. And I was about ready to crawl back to music. Then, one day came an in-class assignment. And the, the professor was handing out this ad that he wanted everybody to go up and read. And it was an ad about banking and mortgage loans. And he called for volunteers and people would go up and read and 
my internal monologue would say, you could do better than that. Like, oh yeah, how would you do it then? I don't know. And then I went back to high school in theater and a stone face, Miss Callan, middle-aged, always hated that I would mess around with my character and try to bring it more life than it actually deserved. Um, but when it came time to shine, who shined on opening night? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I did. So when the professor called out for last call, I said, I'll do it. I'll read it. And I walked to the front and I'm like, oh, what did I do? Okay, how am I gonna do this? I don't really wanna Al Pacino this thing. So I decided to read it like every radio announcer that I ever heard, or at least thought I remember hearing, I don't know. And then went something like this. You've been running from bank to bank. You've heard gibberish and promises. You need a mortgage and time is running out. Well, you can keep running or you can walk. And as I kept reading, I can hear the class laugh and snicker. And as I read the final line, member FDIC, I looked back at the professor. In fact, the whole class looked back at the professor and he was like this. And I wondered if he was looking at the same asbestos that I had noticed. <laughs> and then to my surprise, he leaned forward and said, read it again. But this time, I want you to read the beginning faster and louder. You've been running from bank to bank. You've heard Jefferson positive. You need a mortgage and time is running out. And he said, yes, but this time read it, read it fast, read it louder. And at the end of time is running out, I want you to exaggerate it. You've been running from bank to bank. You've heard Jefferson promises. You need a mortgage and time is running out. No, 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 exaggerated, more exaggerated. In my mind, I'm just like, oh my gosh, more exaggerated. Like I'm nervous and excited at the same time because like, am I doing, I'm, I'm doing a good job, right? Like this is, he's, he's wanting more. Come on, Mike, you can give him more. You can do this. You're running out of time yourself. Over exaggerated time is running out. You've been running from bank to bank. You've heard Jimmerson promises. You need a mortgage and time is running out. For the love. He started clapping. In fact, he stood smiling, clapping and applauding all the way to the front, saying yes, 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 exactly. And the class followed suit, applauding and clapping. And then I was like, wow, 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 wow. It was like the curtain just came down and whoo, had that feeling of, I did it. And as I walked back to my seat, I hear Mr. Aldred, see me after class. That's an order, not a request. <laughs> exactly what the class did when he said that. The rest of the course, I don't even remember, there's something about um, audience and how long you have their attention span. I don't know, I wasn't really paying attention. <laughs> um, but after class, I showed up at his office and he said, Mr. Aldred, I, uh, run a local radio station on side here um, in this area and I'd like you to come out Friday and you know just kind of 
take a look. He's like, come eat, come eat some of the local DJs. I was like, okay, sure, I can, I can do that. So I go on Friday, um, I meet some of the local DJs. None of them look like I imagined they look like. Um, but they were all really fun and actually got to sit in on some shifts. And uh, by the end, I had my own shift. And for three and a half years, I became Michael and Mike. And it was a job that I did as I finished my degree in mass communications. And I emphasized in PR and broadcast journalism. All because of that one in-class assignment, I finally found my place in college. Thank you. So Mike, why, why is it so important for you to find yourself, but also for you to help other people find themselves? Because I sort of hear that in this story, because you, you, you talk about the, the professor kind of finds you, and there's a relationship you have with that person, you know, yeah. where they, they see some talent and they believe in you, and maybe even more than you believe in yourself yes. at a certain moment. Yes. And then you um, sort of figure out like who who you are and who you want to be in that moment, and that always changes. I mean, now you're here and you have a whole different thing. But I guess I'm just saying, like, why is it so important to you to find yourself and to help others find themselves? Well, first I want to address. It's funny that you mentioned my professor because he was very supportive at first. But the harsh part of radio that I learned, um, I remember when our Nielsen ratings first came out. And that shows like how much of the audience percentage that you have over your time slot. Mm -hmm. I was second. Oh, wow. I was second in the market. Mm -hmm. And I thought, oh, I'm amazing. <laughs> you know? And he actually brought me back down to earth. And he's like, yes, congratulations. You're last. Like, if you're not first, you're last. <laughs> so very supportive at first. But then after that, he was very pushing yeah. me to be. And he was like, saw potential and wanted to push you harder. Wanted yeah. to push me even harder. And, but I kind of feel like it is one of those like first full circle things. And I, I think like you mentioned, it's, it's hard. Like when you, you don't notice your street because it's always there. And so sometimes it's hard for people to see those strengths in ourselves. And I just want people to realize, students especially, that they can obtain something that either they don't think they can or that they are more than, you know, they, and it's hard to perceive that in med school especially, I think, mm -hmm. because these students are so used to achieving all their life. They're number one, they're number one, they're number one. They get to med school and now all of a sudden everybody's number one. Right. And that <laughs> messes with you. That is stressful. <laughs> so stressful. On students. So some of it's reassurance and just establishing like, hey, like you can do this. Because I think med students need to hear that because it becomes very competitive and very stressful at times. And I don't, I don't know. I just think that is part of who I am. Again, we go back to strengths. Part of my strengths as developer and building relationships. And so that's just who I am. I like right. to build relationships. I like to coach. Yeah. I like to develop. Yeah. It makes me happy. Yeah. All that, all that makes sense. 
And in order to do it, you had to at one point or at, at several points do it for yourself, right? I mean, right. like, like I, I have found these are the areas and things that I'm interested in. These are where my talents, my strengths are. And, and this is why I'm, I'm doing this work. And, um, you know, hoping that you can help some people along the way. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of intrigued by the advisor piece and student affairs because, I mean, I've spent, what, 18 years in it. You spent a bunch of years in it. Um, there, is a, there is a real moment where you want to pay it forward and, like, help other people, right? I mean, yes. the, there's a higher purpose there. It's not just about you anymore. Yes. I, I, I don't know how else to describe it other than like it gives me energy to do that. When I think energy is important, like I've been in jobs, financial jobs that just drain my energy. Right. Like, like, this numbers, right money was not me. Yeah. Like it's nice to make money, but the process of, of doing that was just not who I was. And I was tired. I was grumpy. I was probably the worst date for a lot of different people that I dated at the time. Um, and so it, it became important for me to find something that I can do with high energy that gives me energy mm-hmm. that at the end of the day, like I'm, I'm still like, I'm happy. Like overall I have happiness in yeah. my life. Right. I mean, one thing for me in my career I've noticed is there's always stuff that I have to do that I don't necessarily want to do. And there's a lot of stuff for medical students that they're like, oh, you know, I have to do all this stuff. But I would like sort of ask myself, I still do this, uh, you know, where is the energy? Like, where is the where is that thing that like lights me up and makes me feel um, excited and and passionate? And then I I I literally try and put that in a bottle. That's what it feels like. (laughs) So not literally, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. And then open it up in the areas that aren't so energizing, you know. Or, or sometimes trying to realize that uh, that I've got to bring something else to that space in order yes. to get through that thing, you know. Because I wish that you always were doing stuff you wanted to do, but that's not. I, I wish for our medical students it was like it's not like yeah, that. Yeah, it's not like that. Yeah. You know. So I try to remember that. But um, when it, when you can do that, and when you have enough energy sources, it sure makes a difference. Yes. Yeah. 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 I agree. Um, you talked about coming from an environment where you you didn't even know like if school was your thing, like if it, if it was accessible to you. Yeah. Do you feel like that helps you with students as well? Like becoming from a space where you kind of had to learn into it and figure it out. Do you think that helps you help others? Yeah, I I think so. Um, I think it also helps me to be reminded of like where I came from and how I got here and and then also why I'm here. Uh, certainly when a student comes to me uh, that might be struggling, um, I like to look back. I'm like, okay, so tell me some of the things that you've accomplished mm-hmm. over the years. And when they start telling me these things, I'm like, this is amazing. Right. Like you're amazing. Like how how could you doubt yourself at this point? Like look at all the things that you have, you know, uh, gone through and accomplished over a college career or pre-med career. And like, and so now you're here and I'm like, let's build on that. Let's keep moving forward. Yeah. 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 I think we're helping people remember, because if you're feeling pretty low, it's hard to remember like those things. It it really is. Often it's a lot of reminding. 
Outside perspective. Yeah. And that's what I try to bring. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. What do you want to say to students um, out there who who aren't really making the connection with the people who can help them? You know what I mean? Like maybe feel like they're alone or, or not, um, don't really have anybody in their corner. Like what, what do you want to say to them? I mean, sometimes you're not able to talk to everybody, right? Right. What are some things that you want to let students know or um, encourage them to do? Well, I encourage them to meet with their advisor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> um, I think a couple years back we had a, a graduate. He was getting ready to graduate. He's pre-COVID. So it must have been like class of 2019. Uh, he came to me and he said, I came to you first year. He's like, and I just want you to know you gave me the best advice ever. And that was to take med school uh, one step at a time. And so focus on the thing that I'm in, and then that will prepare me for the next thing. And then I focus on that thing, and that would prepare me for the next thing. He's like, I want you to know I did that. And again, thank you, because it was the greatest advice that anybody could ever give. And he's like, I just had a blast in med school. And so I, I would tell med students, I think it's okay to slow down sometimes. And to, to re, take restock of where you're at. And if you need an advisor, if you need wellness, or if you need academic success, we, we have those tools here at the University of Utah. So use them. Mm-hmm. Use those tools. Like take restock. See if you need to slow down. Because a lot of times you can. I think a lot of times med students just go gung-ho. And, right. And, and it doesn't always have to be that way. Yeah. Like, Sometimes you can pull back a little bit. An advisor would be a great person to talk to you about that. Right. Yeah, and I think that's what Dr. Stevenson was getting at. Like one of your advising styles is that you can help people maybe relax a little <laughs> yes. and realize I don't maybe need to go as fast. Yeah. I was talking to uh, one of my friends who does like ultra races. And I said, I said um, what's transferable about that? Like you're doing a 100-mile race. Like how does that translate into other parts of your life? You know, I'm curious because it can't just be the race itself. Like right. obviously the race is great and you feel great. You get the medal or whatever. And um, she said, you know, like I realized that I just sometimes, like you're saying, just have to look at the next milestone. Like that's actually pretty close to me and mm-hmm. focus on that. Because if yeah. I sit there going, I got to run 100 miles and I'm only 10 miles in. Right. Uh, I'm not, it's really hard to keep myself motivated. Like I'm going to make yes, it, Yes. you know, I have 90 more miles left, you know, <laughs> yes. I'm going to be running overnight, you know? Yeah. And I, I w- sometimes think, you know, our students, um, are in a, in an ultra yeah. race, you know, like it is, it doesn't mess around any of this stuff. And, uh, yeah, so I agree with you. Like you, you can yeah. slow down, focus on your next step. I like that analogy so much. I think that that's kind of almost perfect to describe because I've sat down with so many students and even in first year, they want to know what everything looks like and show me what the end looks like. And it's like, that's so far away. And they are planners, so I do show them. But I always make it a point to be like, okay, that's like further down the road though, okay? Like, let's make sure that we're focusing on the moment because that's what's going to help you get to the next moment. Yeah. And then that's going to help you get to the next moment. And then reminding them of their strengths and saying, like, you can do this. Right. Yeah. 
yeah, you can you can rely on those talents. They actually exist. Yeah. Um, and I can see them. Sometimes people just need to like a witness of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I see these strengths. I know you can do it. Um, and you do care, Mike. I wonder, uh, you know, there's a lot of jobs and a lot of um, professions where where maybe we could hide behind the fact that there's you're dealing with numbers. Like we're just, e- even sometimes jobs where uh, people turn into numbers. Um, this is not that kind of job, you know. I've always felt like uh, in student affairs and in um, the kind of work where you're trying to help people figure out who they are, that it's because you actually care about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, have you always been a person that did you just like the only way you can do it is to care? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I asked you a yes, no you question. That's no. my fault. Why do you care, Mike? Why do you care like you do? Uh, I think when you find something that you're passionate about, the caring comes with it. Yeah. Like it just increases that, um, want the desire to keep doing it. Um, I think that working with med students is rewarding. And sometimes when I tell med students that they're like, what are you kidding me? Like we're the worst. And I don't believe that's true. Like I think that uh, med students are kind of for like, they're almost forgotten about and I don't want them or sometimes they can feel forgotten about. Like you mentioned earlier, I don't want them to feel that way. Yeah, I don't, I, don't want, I don't want anybody to feel that way, but right. because med students is where I've kind of in, in, immersed myself into, um, and, and so yeah, building those relationships gives me energy, it gives me happiness, and that's going to make me care, and it's going to make me care more and more and more. The more and more, the more med students I work with, the more I'm going to care about them, mm-hmm. and this is why I cry every graduation. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right, because you you know you're in it with them. You yeah, know? you're yeah. watching all this stuff happen. I mean, that is one of the things that um, means so much to me too. Is when something happens, um, like the students are trying to solve, uh, you know, figuring out who you are is is the hardest puzzle, right? Yeah. It, it, it's not like even if you have a sense of what it is. Uh, we've seen it all. Like sometimes uh, they pivot and and the thing they thought they were going to do since they were five years old is no longer the thing they're going to do. Or the um, maybe uh, something that is just completely unexpected about uh, a specialty speaks to them all of a sudden. Right. You know, or even if they go into the thing they always thought, it's different than they thought it would be. Yeah. You know, so there's always these moments where I think they're um, trying to figure it out. But watching that happen yeah. is like the greatest thing. The greatest thing. It's the greatest you know, thing. Where someone uh, figures yeah. it out, so figures out their next step, or feels good about a decision they made, or really toils over something hard, you know? Yes. I, I think one of the other reasons why I care is because I do want, and share the strengths piece, especially about specialties, because I do want students to find themselves in the same situation I'm in where they're just passionate about their job where they have happiness every day where every day they feel like they accomplished something that they did something good um, and a lot of that because comes from student interaction uh, I had a student 
emailed me recently that just got done with their residency. Mm-hmm. And the student told me, like, picking something I loved helped propel me through residency. Uh, and the student said, it doesn't matter what residency you're in. Family medicine, IM, EM, surgery, all residencies are tough. But because I chose something I love, I was able to put on my scrubs, put on my gloves, and do it every day. Right. They get another gear almost. Yes. It's like all of a sudden you have this this extra set of uh, ability to make it through. Yeah, and I mean, even the things that are hard, I think I think it gives you the ability to, you know, this this isn't ideal, yeah. but I, I know I'm in the spot that I'm supposed to be in, and that kind of carries me through. Yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like underneath everything, I want that for as many as many students and as many people as possible, right? You right. want people to, to have, um, be fulfilled by what they do. And I don't think it's unfair or I don't think it's inappropriate to hope for that. I realize there's circumstances in which not everybody uh, uh, at every point in your career gets to do the thing that they always wanted to do. Right. Like there's a, there's a piece right. of that that's, that's, it's nonlinear and it's not going to, there's highs and there's lows. Um, but overall, I, I guess what I hope for people is that they can find like the future physicians of the world and, and my colleagues and the people that I get to work with, that you can find the things that are meaningful to you, yeah. you know, something that you care about. Yeah. 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 To do that job. Well, Mike, this is awesome. I, I've always, I realized the other day, I'm like, why haven't we done this before? <laughs> yeah. You know, but you do um, care a lot for students, and and I've always been grateful for all the work you've you've done, you know, and all the work you're currently doing. We're going through a lot of new experiences ourselves. Yes, we have to figure sure things are. out. It's not it's not always a bubble gum and roses kind of a thing. But what it is to me, like the common denominator, is uh, the love of students. Yes, and um, helping them realize how great they are. You know, and that's what you do every day. Thank you. Yeah. So thank, thank you. you for that. All right. Do you want to do you want to sign us off, Mike? <laughs> in your, <laughs> your mic on the mic. In my in, announcing in voice. Announcing voice. Um, I, 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 what's is there a call or a title? Yeah, just, this is the Real MD <laughs> podcast. Well, when I worked for the radio station, um, I'd always and with like the same kind of like tone. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So that was recognizable. Yeah. Kind of like branding myself. Yes, yes. Which is something that you do in real MD. Yeah, yeah. That's another conversation. Sure, yeah. But I'd always say, you're listening to Mike on the Mic on the Revolution Rev 89. <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly it. <laughs> and with that, folks, thanks for listening. This episode of The Real Indie Podcast is produced and edited by Tom Hurtado and Allie Day. Special thanks to Scott Singpill, Scope Radio, and University of Utah Health. The Real MD Podcast is part of the Real MD program at the Spencer Fox Cycle School of Medicine at the University of Utah, which helps medical students find meaning, community, and purpose during their training and future careers. Our theme song, Energizer Bunny, is by my son's band, Hurtado. You can find our podcast on major platforms. And if you like what you hear, please follow us or subscribe. You can also help us grow by giving us a five-star review 
and sharing an episode with a friend. Thank you so much for listening. 